I am so glad you are here at Flint Central today. I'm glad I am here. And how we, you and me, us, we, together, can grow in the Lord. Our main uh, verse if we, if, that we're going to continue to, to look at week after week is from Galatians chapter 3. Galatians, you may know, is more like a circular letter. And the people at that original church would read it, and then they'd pass on the letter, and they'd read it and pass it on to the next church, and they'd read it. So it's kind of like a circular letter where they're uh, just passing on Paul's letter, church after church after church, until eventually, technically, it came to us. And, and, and what Paul is addressing mostly in this letter is, is the belief that was kind of circulating at the time that Gentile Christians still had to abide by the ceremonial Old Testament practices in order to be saved. They're basically saying, okay, you need Jesus, but you also need these ceremonial practices. That's what's going to get you into heaven. And Paul says, no, that, that, that's not it at all. In fact, in, in Galatians 2, he says, a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And Paul's message to these churches is really his, his, his ministry and his life's message was saying, Jesus is, it's not just for me or the people like me, Jesus is for everybody. It's not Jesus plus Old Testament practices or Jesus plus this or that. It's just Jesus. That's what we need is just Jesus. And that's still true today. Sometimes you'll you'll be around and some folks think that even good things, good things. Like, you know, last Sunday when I was in Panama, you had a baptism service here. And baptism is important. You know, we, we, Jesus told us we need to be baptized. We've got to be baptized. But it's not Jesus plus baptism gets us in. It's just Jesus. Just Jesus. Baptism is an outward sign of what Jesus has already done. It's just Jesus. It's not Jesus plus tithing. We need you to, to give, you know, and, and, and giving is important. But it's not Jesus plus tithing. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. So that's Paul's message. And he's saying, once you've stepped over the line, once you've accepted Jesus in your life, then you're part of this great big family of God. And, and as such, that, that then you become this, 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 this unit, this huge unit of where God can work, no matter where you're from or what you've done or, or, or what your background is, you're part of the family of God. And so our key verse focuses in on that. It's from chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, where Paul says this. So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. Again, we're all part of this big family of God. For you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ then you are Adam's seed and heirs according to the promise. Paul is saying we're all one big part of one big family. If Jesus is Lord, then you are part of the big family of God. This week in in Panama, one of of our folks, I think it was on our last day, and one of of the, the, the workers there, you know, we had worked together with Panamanian brothers and sisters who were helping us, but it wasn't just that. We So we had us from the United States, one of our doctors with us who attends here, Dr. Alex Rodriguez, he was born in Venezuela, and so he was there. So we had United States, Venezuela, the Panamanians, of course, the district superintendent and the missionary that we work with is from the Dominican Republic, 
And then there were some helpers from Mexico that were with us. So, so we had all these, these people with us. And it, it, one of, our, one of our, our teammates, a young adult who went with us, this is, was her second trip, Chelsea Bukowski. She kind of looked around at, at all of this that was going on and said, you know, we're, we're, we're like family here. And that's ex- she was exactly right. It doesn't matter where you're born, Dominican Republic, United States, Venezuela, Panama, wherever, we're part of the family of God. The, the video that, that we showed at the beginning here of, of Marianne and, and J1, doesn't matter if you're old or young, we're all part of the family of God. Doesn't matter what your job status is. That's what Paul is saying, slave or free. Doesn't matter what your job status is. Doesn't matter if you're, if, if, if you're, if you're male. If Jesus is Lord, then you're part of one big family, the family of God. Doesn't matter what your past sins are. Doesn't matter what you've done way back when. If Jesus is Lord... You're part of the family of God. You're a great big family of God. Well, what do big families do? Well, we, you know, we, hopefully you all love one another and we eat together. And a lot of families, we play games together. I thought about that. I thought, what kind of game could we play in here? If we couldn't play tag, that would be a little confusing. Hide and seek couldn't work in here. There's not a lot of great hiding places. Um, can't play dominoes. I didn't bring any. Um, But I got it. I got it. I know what game we can play. Let's play Simon Says. All right, everybody up. Oh, wait a minute. Simon Says, everybody up. Everybody up, come on. You need to exercise this morning. Here we go. We're playing Simon Says. Simon Says, put your hand on your head. Simon Says, uh, wave at me. Simon Says, shake the hand of your neighbor. Very good. Clap. Have you not played Simon Says, you clappers? Simon Says, sit down. You get it. Why do we just play Simon Says? We know what it means to follow the leader. We could have played that game too. We know what it means to, to play Simon Says, to be an example. But what about this? Can, can we be leaders? Can we be the example? That's, that's really what this Growing Together series is really all about it's saying it's saying that we want to be a leader that we want to be an example for the folks that are around us in another one of paul's letters first corinthians paul does a very bold thing he doesn't play simon says but rather he calls the people of this letter and remember the corinthian church was a mess when Paul's writing them, they're a mess. They had problems relationally. They had problems theologically. They had problems socially. They were, just, they were just a mess. And so Paul's writing them. And he basically says in the letter in 1 Corinthians, he says, I know you're struggling. And I know you're trying to figure out, you know, how this Christianity thing really works. And I know uh, you're, you're wondering how to, to play, this plays out in real life. He says, so let me make it simple. Let's just, let's just make this really, really simple. He said, look to me. Follow my example. This is, this is how he says it exactly in 1 Corinthians 11. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. He's saying, friends, I'm an open book. Examine my life. Examine my attitudes. Examine how I respond to people, both those people who are my friends and those people who are not. I'm committed, Paul is saying, to being a good, godly example for you. As I follow Christ... I want you to follow just like I do. When all eyes are on me, when no eyes are on me, I'm committed to being an example before you. That's what Paul is saying. I'm committed to being a good example. 
And the million dollar question for us, really, is are you willing to say that same thing? Could you say, like, like the Apostle Paul said, as I follow Christ, follow me? Could you say that to your coworkers? Could you say that to your, to the, your family members or your fellow students in school? Could, could, you, could you say that? Somebody comes up to you and says, boy, I, you know, I've had a lot of a rough time in my life. I've had a lot of junk happen to me. And I know people have told me to, you know, do what Jesus would do. Well, I don't know what Jesus would do. Could you say to that person, I'll tell you what, let's make it simple. You follow my example. Just like Paul said. Look at my life. Look at the way of my values. Look at the way I follow Jesus. Look at the way I talk to people. Look at the way I handle stressful situations. Look at how I treat people that treat me poorly. Look at how I, I, I deal with people who are less fortunate with me. Follow my example as I follow Christ. Could you say that? That's what Paul is saying. Well, Pastor, that's a lot of pressure. It's one thing for the Apostle Paul to say it. He's the Apostle Paul. It's another thing for me to say it. I mean, I, I, that's, that's, kind of, that's, that's kind of a lot of pressure. Listen, I hate to break this to you, but people are already watching how you live. They're already paying attention to, to the example that you're putting forth. They're watching to see if this Christianity thing works or not in you. See, you're an example of Christianity, wh- whether you like it or not. The only question is, are you a good example or are you a bad example? There's plenty of bad examples out there. People who say they're following Jesus and then act and have the same attitudes and the same behaviors as those who are not followers of Jesus. You know, they're just as mean, just as rude, just as as cold-hearted. They gossip just as much. They put as much junk out on social media as everybody else. And the world sees that negative example of so-called Christians and say, you know, I I don't want anything to do with that. The Bible says, by their fruit you will know them. And so when folks are expressing rotten attitudes and rotten behaviors and rotten habits and posting rotten stuff on social media, well, then we know what fruit you are. You're, you're rotten fruit. That's what, that's what the Bible is saying. A couple of weeks ago, I went to the funeral of Don and Paula Holcott's son-in-law, Don St. John's. And Don had been for many years the worship leader at, uh, used to be called Detroit First Church of the Nazarene, now it's called Hilltop Church of the Nazarene. And he was the worship leader there for, I don't know, 20, 25 years, something like that. But he did that part-time, and he was full-time. He was, at, uh, he was an engineer for General Motors. And, and, of course, because, you know, he had been a worship leader for a long time, there was a lot of music in the, in the funeral service. And, and because he had been involved in the church for so long, there was a lot of different pastors that spoke. But the, but the one person that spoke at his funeral that, that really uh, grabbed my attention was a co-worker of his, a lady who had worked with him for, I think it was 12 or, or, or 13 years. And this co-worker at General Motors got up. I don't know if she was a believer or not. And she got up and she started talking about Don's work ethic. And she started talking about his family. And she started talking about his faith. And she said all those were evident at the job, at the workplace. That, that she could see in him, the way he talked, the way he responded, the way he, he moved, that, that all of that, the, the, how he, he placed importance on, on, on his family and his, and his work ethic was, was sure, but his faith, it came clear and came through. See, Don St. John's is, 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 was doing what I'm encouraging us to do. He was saying with the Apostle Paul, really, follow my example 
as I follow the example of Christ. Moms and dads, can you say that to your kids? Grandmas and grandpas? Do what I do. Say what I say. Have the same attitudes as me. Proverbs 14, 15 says, A prudent man gives thought to his steps. That's what we're trying to do this morning. Are you walking down paths that you want your children or your grandchildren or your friends at school or, or your coworkers to follow? This isn't just a parental thing. It's really all of us. Again, the series is called Growing Together. All of us modeling a Christ-like life so that others may see in us, whether they're family or friends or acquaintances or coworkers or whomever, so they'll say in us, that's, that's what, how I want to be. We want to create a church. That's this goal of this series. We want to create a church where we can look at a, a Marianne Owens and say, that's how I want to be. Or a Nate Degner or a, or a you know, a, a Sarah Hurd. Say, so that's how I want to be. It's, it's living before our friends and our family and our neighbors, that Christ-like life and being bold like Paul was able to say, as I follow Christ, I want you to follow Christ. I'm, going, I'm committed to displaying the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. I'm committed to, to being a living example of 1 Corinthians 13. I'll keep no records of wrongs. I w- refuse to envy. I will show love. I recognize it doesn't fail, and I'm not going to fail on you. It's, it's being bold in, in, in our faith instead of just sitting back and relaxing and watching the world go around us, but saying, follow me. Do what I do. Say what I say. That takes a lot of guts. But that's what Paul is saying. You see, we need, we need you. We need you to be models for our students. We need our students to be models. One of the reasons why we have our student band play on Sunday mornings, is, especially on the first Sunday of the month, is because this is our family Sunday, and we've got our first through fifth graders. And they look up to you, and we want them to. We want our fourth graders to see our juniors and seniors praising the Lord and saying, that's what I want to be. When I get to be a junior or a senior in high school, I want to be up there playing a guitar or singing or playing the drums. See, it's, it's all of us together, again, growing together. It's all of us together committing to being that living example and saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Do what I do. Say what I say. See, we, we in the church, for our, for our students, we get our students like two hours a week. That's all we get them. Maybe three. But there, there's 168 hours in the week. So parents, of course, you get them a lot more than we get them. And the world gets them a lot more than we get them. And so when we've got them, we've got to live before them a consistent, a real, Christ-like life. When my grandfather um, had a big garden, and usually in the summer I would spend a week or two with him, and, and, and one of the things that we would do, he would get up early, earlier. He loved his garden. It was immaculate. If a garden can be immaculate, my grandfather's garden was immaculate, and and he would always tell there was never any weeds. And we'd go out every morning in that freshly tilled black Michigan soil. And he'd pull the weeds. He'd have a hoe. And he'd pull any little weeds that started to grow. And I remember going with him. And, and my grandfather kind of, I don't know what you call it, but he walked kind of funny sort of uh, with his feet out like this. And he'd walk through that dark 
uh, uh, soil and leaving his footprints as he went. And, and I always tried to put my footprints right in his footprints because I, want, I didn't want to step on, you know, the strawberry plants or anything, but I would just kind of follow along and follow his footsteps. And really, that's what we're asking for us. We, we need to be following the foot. We need to be, be walking in the manner that those who are coming behind us will follow in our footsteps. That's exactly what, what the psalmist is saying. A prudent man gives thought to his steps. See, I, it's almost impossible to tell others that God is number one in our life and voice all sorts of holy platitudes about God being number one, but then show by our actions that God is not number one. It's awfully hard for, for us to say that God is number one in our life when, when our kids or the people around us never see us reading our Bible. It's awfully hard to say God's number one in our life when we really uh, aren't all that committed. Again, we, 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 we want our church to be growing spiritually. That's so important, but it's hard to, to, to grow spiritually if, if we never are writing out a tithe check and if we're never uh, serving, if we're never giving of any of ourselves. It's... People will quickly understand one thing. What we say and what we do are two different things. And a, and a half-hearted commitment in us. If we display a half-hearted commitment, then the generation behind us will display it even less. Whatever less than half-hearted is, that's what that'll be. And the truth is, is that, again, this isn't just for parents. This is all of us. It's growing together. But the truth is, if our kids see in us a model of consistency and an example when we say what we say and do what we do, it doesn't guarantee that they'll make healthy, good choices. I've known plenty of good parents whose kids have made terrible choices. But what will happen is they'll see what a healthy and good choice looks like. And, and God will bring before them and say, you know, you've, you've had a good example before you. And it'll make sense in them when they'll say, you know, my, my mom and dad, this is how they lived. And it seemed like God was always helping them. And even though sometimes problems came along, but God gave them the strength. But it's not just parents. They can look at Sunday school teachers or, or youth pastors or youth workers or, or the folks around us and say, you know, God was with them. And God helped them. See, but the scary part of all this is, if as a parent or as, a, as, as just an example, if our life has been characterized by compromise instead of commitment, if we say one thing and live another way, if, we, if our talk and our walk don't coincide, then the odds are that our kids will be very confused and conflicted. And they won't know what to believe or, or, or how to turn. You see, the, the thing is, our young people, they're, they're not dumb. And, and when they see an inconsistency in our lives, it's very, very clear. I've had parents come into me and say, Pastor, I don't know. My kids have made all these terrible choices and I don't know what's happening with them and I don't know what's going on and what, what, you know, I don't know how they got to this point. And sometimes with the love of a pastor and a heart that's breaking, I have to say, listen, your kids are confused and perplexed and your kids are messed up in some ways because mom and dad, you've been compromising for the last 16 years. And when that happens, it's no wonder when our kids scratch their heads. We have to be the example. We have to hear Paul's words, follow my example as I follow Christ, and live into that for the people around us. 
Now, there are plenty of biblical examples of what I'm talking about, good and bad. Let me give you a good example. Timothy is a very positive. Timothy was a man. Two books in your New Testament are named after Timothy. First Timothy, Second Timothy. And Timothy was uh, uh, Paul's companion. He was a friend, Paul's apprentice in many ways. He was pastor, early church leader. And in Paul's second letter to Timothy, he, he, he talks about Timothy's upbringing. And this is what he says. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm also persuaded now lives in you also. Timothy's grandma and his mom were both faithful followers. Both of them said, follow my example as I follow Christ in many ways. Now, it didn't have to be that way because Timothy uh, came from a divided home. We know that because of what Luke writes about Timothy in Acts chapter 16. Luke, Luke writes this. He says, he, meaning Paul, came to Derby and to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived, our guy Timothy, whose mother was a Jewish and a believer but whose father was a Greek. That's Luke's nice way of saying his mama served Jesus, but his daddy did not. And it doesn't take much holy imagination to see that Timothy had a choice in his life. Am I going to follow the ways of my mom and my grandma, or am I going to follow the ways of my dad? Am I going to value the things that my mom and grandma value, or am I going to value the things that my dad values? How am I going to live my life? Am I going to look to my mom, Lois, or am I going to look to my dad, who I don't even know, you know, we don't know what his name is. And we know what Timothy chose. Timothy chose to follow Jesus. And so the big question is, why? Why would he choose that? And I think the answer is simple. He saw the godly example in his grandmother and his mother and said, that's what I want. But not just his grandmother and mother. Because Paul also had an influence there. And Paul, when he's, he's writing about Timothy, I told you he's, he's Paul, uh, Timothy is named for two of the letters, right? 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. This is how Paul in 1 Timothy refers to Timothy. He says, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, peace, blah, blah, blah. 2 Timothy begins this way, to Timothy, my dear son. Now, Paul's not related to him. He's not, you know, there's not a, a biological relationship there. Paul met him on that missionary trip. He saw Timothy, he took him under his wing. He, 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 he lived before him a Christian life. And now it's like he's, like he's his own son. In fact, when Paul is writing to the Corinthians, he says this, for this reason, I sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with that which I teach everywhere in every church. Paul is treating him like a son, referring to him like a son. And can I tell you, that's our goal. We, 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 want, we want the kids of this church to look to you as a grandma and grandpa or a mom and dad or a brother or sister. We want them to, to look to you and say, say, those people care about me. They love me. They, they give me a hug when they see me. They, their fight, face lights up. That They're connected to me. See, that's what this is all about. It's growing together. As we're raising our children from from, you know, adolescents to teenagers and then to emerging adults. We need, we need people. It's more than parents. We need people, Sunday school teachers and, and youth workers and, and whomever, vacation Bible school, just people in the hallways that, that let our kids know that we love them and that they're important. It's living before them, the words of Paul. Follow my example as I follow Christ. In other words, we need, we need our parents to live up to their commitment that they make 
like I referred to in our prayer, actually. You know, when they bring their babies before and say, I'm going to raise this child in a Christian home. I'm going to do my best to, to raise them in a Christian home. And we need our parents to do that for sure. But we need you to live up to your commitment as well. Because then I always turn to the congregation and say, will you help? Will you do it? And everybody says, we will. Well, do it. We need you. We need Marianne Owens's. We need more Joyce Spears. Joyce has taught Sunday school for, I don't know, 40, 50 years. We need youth sponsors. We need, we need children's workers and all of the living into Paul's words, follow my example as I follow Christ. And here's, here's the deal with this Growing Together series. What we need is all of us living into Paul's words. Just follow my example. And not just our adults. We need you, our students that are in here, saying that. Follow my example. Remember Paul's words to Timothy? This is a great, a great passage when he says, again, Timothy was younger, and so Paul says, don't let anyone look, on, look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. This is saying we need everybody. This week I saw a video. I wanted us to play it today, but, but we, we couldn't get it downloaded uh, for, for the service. I, I saw it while I was in Panama, actually. And it was um, about this, this older lady. Maybe you saw it because it kind of went viral this week, I think. This lady, 88 years old, who had lived in the same house, and she lived uh, close to a school, and, this, and she would sit by her window, this 88-year-old lady, and, and wave at people as, as the kids as they went to school. And so every day, she'd sit there, and she'd wave at the kids. She's been doing this since, I, I can't remember, the last 10 or 20 years. And so, so kids would go to school, and she'd wave at them, and the kids would wave back. Well, now she's going to, to assisted living, and so she's going to move. And the kids from that high school got word of it. And that that, that was going to be her last day. And they all came, this horde of kids, all came and they had signs and they had flowers and they filled up her yard. And they, you know, the signs said, you know, we love you and thanks for, for waving. And, and the lady, the poor, sweet lady, she was just, was blown away how these students came to thank her for waving at them. It wasn't a big deal. She just waved at him. She didn't even really talk to him. You know, from inside her house, she was waving at him. But it made a difference. Those kids knew, hey, there's somebody. When I pass her house, I think her name was Tinny. When I pass Tinny's house, there's somebody that, that cares enough to wave at me and say hello. That's what we need. That's what we're talking about. We, we, need, we need folks like Paul who are saying, follow my example. I'm going to love you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to, I'm going to be there for you. And it, we, need, we need our students. It encourages us. So when you guys sing, when you guys sang this morning, it encourages us. It encourages every one of these folks. And in the second service, it encourages them. Every time our students sing, I get all these emails. Oh, we love our students singing. Why? Because not only are you talented, but the love of Jesus flows through you. And, that's, and we need that. We need to see that. If we're going to grow together, if we're going to be the church of Jesus Christ, Paul is saying that means that we're one. Old and young, rich and poor, male and female, wherever you're from, geographically, we are one in Christ. And, and we need to step up like Paul and say, well, then follow my example. Too many times, see, we take a cop out. I think too many times we believers, we say, well, you know... Uh, 
Look to Jesus. People will disappoint you. Just look to Jesus. You know, you look at me and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail. And you look at me, I'm not perfect. You look at me, you know, and I'll mess up. Of course, that's all true. All of us will fail. All of us will make mistakes. All of us will, will, will stumble at some point. And Jesus never will. And Jesus will never let us down. But don't take that cop out. Be like Paul. Stand up. Say, Jesus Christ is going to help me to live before you a faithful, godly, holy life. He is empowering me and enabling me. And I can do it. With his help, I can do it. Not on my own. With his help, I can do it. And if I fall, I'm going to get up, I'm going to confess, and I'm going to move forward. See, we need, we need folks, whether you're old or young, to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. And you can look at me, and you can see what I say, and you can watch what I do, and I'm going to be the best example I can possibly be. Why? Because if we're going to be the family of God, then we've got, we've got to be, we've got, we've got to follow that example, just like Simon says. Well, I thought, how could we end the service? We're going to have communion. And kind of like at a family, you know, we all eat together. Last Sunday morning, we were in Panama. Before we went to church, last Sunday morning, we stopped off at a pastor who we had been to her church before. Um, but about a year ago, 10 months ago, she had a stroke. And she's in a wheelchair, and she can't get out. And so we stopped off just to kind of encourage her. And we had communion. And they had stuff for communion. And, and so all the, the whole team of us were there, and, and they were there, and we, we helped her... Uh, and celebrated communion together. Again, she's, she's old. She's in a wheelchair. Her husband is old. The team, you know, we were in various ages. They're Panamanians. We were Americans. Uh, but we were, we were the body of Christ. We recognized that Jesus brought us all together. And we could celebrate. They, she spoke Spanish. We spoke English. You know, we could only say a few words to each other that... She, that we would understand, but we were one. We were part of the body of Christ. And that's what this is. It's saying we recognize that Jesus is Lord. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter if we're rich or poor, black or white, male or female, whatever language, old or young, I can't remember which ones have all said already. Here we go. We are one in Christ. That's what we are. So we're going to participate in this and those who are helping with communion. And as the band is, is singing and as we join in, maybe you'll admit, you know, I haven't been a great example. And what I've said hasn't matched up to what I've done. Now's a good time to just, just in this quietness, before we participate in communion, say, Lord, it's going to be a new day. And I want to live before my family I want to live before them a godly Christ-like life. I want to live before them the fruit of the Spirit and the characteristics of love in 1 Corinthians 13. I want to be your follower and your disciple so that others can look at me and say, that's how I want to be. I want to be a Christian just like him. I want to be a Christian just like her. Help me, Lord, to do that. And you pray that prayer sincerely and honestly. God will answer that. He'll give you the strength. He'll help you. He'll help you to live a godly life and holy life. Of course he will. He wants you to. Lord, we want to be your church. We want to be the type of people like Paul who will step up and say, follow my example as I follow Jesus. Bold. Saying, saying, I'm going to live, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to 
I'm going to say what I want, want to say, and it's going to be for what Jesus is. I'm going to live out the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to live out the characteristics of love. I'm going to be your person. So help us, Jesus, to be the person that you would call us to be in every place and folks around us here and out, out of this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.